Who are you? I'm the player to be named later. And you should recognize me. Well, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Players Named Later podcast. I'm Ed. That's Dan. Say hi, Dan. What's up, everybody? And we are going to talk about everything except football. And this may be the first time, Dan, we do a show where we don't mention any kind of football. Yeah, it's been a little bit since we've done one not with anything football related, but I think that was the goal here. Do you think we can do it? Uh, probably not, because I think I'm going to talk about Jack Jones real quick. Uh, no, we're not. Uh, no, no, no. Into no, the show. Into the, the show. We'll talk about it in the NBA segment, because it's something that we have to talk about in there as well. All right. Well, let's kick things off with the end of a season, and that was the NHL finally crowned a Stanley Cup champion. Vegas removed all doubt if they were the best team in the NHL with a crushing 9-3 victory in game Number five. Now, Dan, you are not a Vegas fan. You decided to root for the other expansion team. Who are you pulling for in this series? I was pulling for Vegas because, if you remember correctly, when Vegas did come into the league, uh, I was I thought I was going to be into hockey then, and I wasn't. But mm. I was happy to see Vegas win. Why, in your expert one year into being a hockey fan opinion, did Vegas win the Stanley Cup? Uh, in my opinion, it just kind of came down to team play, how they played. Um, you look at the way they would score in the finals and the way they scored throughout the playoffs. They just attacked everybody the same way Florida did. And when it came down to it, Florida, just the injuries kind of piled up. Um, and they really weren't having the same success against Vegas with their fast breaks as they did against literally everybody else in the playoffs that they played. Vegas kind of reminded me, actually both of these teams did, and it could just be it's my fandom, of what the Blues did in 2019. But Florida probably more than Vegas, where they just beat the crap out of you and got under your skin for a seven-game series. And before you knew it, a hot goaltender and their pass, yeah. And, but I just think, yeah, the injuries with Florida mounted up because they – did you see all the stuff that – that I mean, Matt DeChuck was playing with a broken sternum. Yeah, no. Yes. Yes, I did see that. And I agree completely. Um, I also think one thing that benefited Vegas, and you're going to disagree with me on this because we disagreed about it before. I think the best thing that happened for them was that star series being as drawn out as it was because their hot goaltender stayed hot and the other hot goaltender that made a run in the in, in the playoffs did not. I'll agree with you on that, but it's just it's. It's hard to say that a series going as long as it did is is beneficial to anybody, you know, and I I, I, hmm. I would still rather have the rest over going seven games, especially against a team like the Stars that play heavy. But uh, honestly, what it seemed like to me, Florida is a Western Conference team and Vegas played an Eastern Conference game. And that's what did it like Florida very much would fit in with how the Western Conference is played, and Vegas plays that Metropolitan Division-style hockey. Um, Jonathan Marcheseau, 25 yeah. points, 13 goals, 12 assists, 10 even-strength goals, and three on the power play. Three game-winning goals wound up being the Con Smythe. Did you Correct. agree with it? I'm going to be honest, no. Why? 
I think it should have been Aiden. Why? I think when you look at what he did when he stepped in, when Bersaw went down, mm-hmm. uh, the way he played, he really carried this game on his back. I mean, I, dude, this is going to sound close, so cliche, but I think you could argue four four guys could have really took the, walked away with this and somebody would have argued for somebody else. Do I think the right guy got it? Um, probably. I mean, like you said, 10 even strength goals, three power play goals, three game winning game winning goals. And, and I think a plus that's 17. A, and I, I think Let's that's not you, that. Yeah. Plus 17. So I think that is what you really have to look, look at there is that is the fact that he did have those three game winning goals too. Um, mm-hmm. I do think another guy that it could have been argued with is Jack Eichel. 15 even strength assists, plus 14. Um, how many of those assists, as you said when we were hanging out this past weekend, um, you score a goal, you make one guy happy. You pass a you you pass the puck and get an assist, you make it two guys happy. That's a Wayne Gretzky quote, by the way. So um, I think that this was uh, I think this was maybe a season of destiny kind of just the way they play i mean i hate that fucking phrase i think the way they played they led the division almost the whole season um they were that team the whole season they had injuries and they just kept it was kept being next man up i don't think you can argue that i think the right team won this cup um because we know the president's trophy winner never wins um, or haven't as of late, but I don't know, maybe the right guy got this. I just, I mean, maybe also I'm a little biased because I did have a bet on Aiden Hill to win the Conn Smythe. The only other person it could have been would have been Jack Eichel. And you really don't think Aiden, Aiden no. Hill? Uh, no. Let me tell you why. Because the Conn Smythe is the most valuable player in the playoffs, not just in the Stanley Cup final. And right, and he, stepped he in shared, he, yeah, exactly, in the middle. Oh he man, shared I should have with somebody. I knew I should have had the stats up here from what his numbers were throughout the course of the playoffs. Oh, uh, that's the one thing. thing. He did not he did not have all of the wins, or at least a, a 14 or 15 of the wins for the Knights. He shared I'm pretty it with sure he did. Well, pull up the stats then. But the only other person it could have been would have been Jack Eichel. And honestly, I'm surprised it didn't go to him. Given the storyline of how, you know, he was in Buffalo and he was labeled as a guy that would never win and kind of like a Ryan, exactly like Ryan O'Reilly, and then goes on in his first full season somewhere else and wins the Stanley Cup. I'm really shocked that he didn't win it the way O'Reilly won it. 14 games started, 11 wins, four See, there you go. 11 wins. So he didn't get five of the wins that Vegas needed for the Cup. Safe percentage, 9.32, two shutouts. Yeah, he was good, but if a goalie is going to win the con smite, they have to be the starter from game one in round one all the way through to the end. Fair. If I mean, he starts in the first round, yes, he's clearly it. Um, there is one other thing that we got to talk about with these Vegas Golden Knights. Jonathan Quick, essentially a third-string goaltender. When Brassois went down, he became the backup to Aiden Hill. I do not believe he got into any games this year. In, in the playoffs. I could be wrong on that. In the playoffs, I believe you are correct. He did not get into any games. But he is going to get his name on the Stanley Cup after the way he was treated in Los Angeles and the way he forced himself out of Columbus. If you're Jonathan Quick, it's got to feel good, right? That's where I'm like, eh. 
I mean, Does it's it still getting your name on the cup, though. Like, you're I mean, still... still got those, those playoff paychecks, too, right? I mean, I, I guess so. I guess it feels good to win. Not to mention, I mean, he already had it in Los Angeles. And the way that Rob Blake basically just said, bye, buddy, it's got to feel good to prove him. I mean, you didn't necessarily prove him wrong, but yeah, we finished better than you. I get a day with the cup. Thank you. Fuck you. Goodbye. Isn't that the MJF quote? Pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess the other thing I would say about this too is, is um, he said he still wants to play. If you're him, why don't you just sail off into the sunset here? It's an excellent question because I don't know where he goes. He's clearly not a starter anymore, and he clearly has an opinion on where he wants to play. But any good team already has a good goaltender and a backup. You're going to have to go to a team that's going to surprise a lot of people. You are, what, 37? You'll be 38 by the time the season – well, close to 38 by the time the season starts. You have been injured a lot recently. You didn't have a great year. You played in 41 games and had a, only got 16 wins, had a goals against average of almost three and a half, and a save percentage of under nine. You're not going to get a high higher than this. Pittsburgh yeah, is no, I agree. not going to – I mean, maybe Pittsburgh comes calling and you get one run with the core there, and that's it. Maybe Washington makes you a backup goaltender and you can try there too. No, I mean, Washington set a goalie, set a goal on. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, or but I or mean, maybe – Maybe he sits out and he he's one of those guys that signs midway through the season, like Martin Brodeur did in his final season when he played like seven games with the Blues. You know, maybe he's that guy, but you ain't gonna get it. You ain't gonna get a situation better than this. So one last thing about Vegas here, because you know they always talk about can you keep your team together. These are some of the guys that are uh, UFAs for them. Jonathan Quick, uh, I think we both agree he's gone. Um, Bersois. He's going to get paid. I agree. Barbashev. Going to get paid, Barbashev but not paid. by Vegas. Um, Aiden to, Hill. I feel like you he's, have he's to He's going to get paid. Uh, Phil Kessel. I could see Kessel maybe sailing off into the sunset or maybe. No, just he won't signing. retire. He, he wants to add more games to that. I could see him going back to Pittsburgh for like one last. Yeah. Hey, hoorah run. Uh, he's a fourth line player now. So. I'm just I'm not sold that he's gonna he'll he'll go somewhere, you know maybe if, a Tampa Bay maybe a New York maybe something like that. But he's gonna want to be in a no. position where he doesn't have a lot of pressure and he doesn't have to be counted on to score any goals. And even then he had 36 points on 14 goals and 22 assists. But he wants to keep that consecutive games played streak going. He'll sign somewhere. It'll probably be about a million, maybe a million and a half. Maybe he goes to Arizona again. Or maybe he goes to a team that needs to hit the cap floor, Ottawa, maybe Columbus, somewhere like that, where he doesn't have any pressure whatsoever. He's not now, retiring. Do any of these, uh, do any of those names that I just said, are they must sign? Are, are they must resigns for, for Vegas? Brossois or Hill? I don't think I, they do both. I agree. And if I am one of them, I'm going to be honest. I'm going with the younger, the younger guy in Hill. Okay. Um, Teddy Bluger is another one. He's I a think depth you, guy. I think he, he's making really two point, got a two point well, two. Well, he's making two point two million. Like I said, he's a depth guy. He had some injury concerns earlier. If you can get him for the right price, you, depth guys are very important, and he's a good depth player. 
if you have the money, you sign Barbashev, but I don't I think, think you got the cap space. I, I think you've really got to try to find because a way to Barbashev. Your, Ivan Barbashev is going to – he's going into his year 28, his age 28 year, I should say. He's going to get $5 million a year for probably five to six years from somebody. He is a good player. He's a good two-way player. He can put the puck in the net when he needs to. He can play – He's a he can play shorthanded. He can get some, you know – Unit two, maybe two unit two and a half, I guess, power play time. He's going to get a bag. Agreed. I, he is I absolutely going to get a bag. Get, he's going to get paid as well. But let's um, talk about some other free agents that are from elsewhere in the NHL. There's some big names. Uh, Patrick Kane. Yes. I think Patrick Kane tries to stay in New York, or he may go back to Chicago. Chicago's a no-go. He's not going to want to rebuild with Chicago. I don't He's, know if it's a if it's a rebuild when you have Connor Bedard coming in there. I'm going to be it's honest. It's absolutely still a rebuild because even if Connor sure. Bedard goes in there and you, you you still keep all of your all of your talent that you have there, which isn't much, you're still Bedard's not Wayne Gretzky. He's not going to win you games. He'll win you a few games by himself, and he'll sell some tickets and he'll sell some jerseys. He already has but he is not going to get you to the top of the division. Chicago's still got a few more lean years ahead of them. Kane's going to go home. Buffalo is a really exciting team. They have cap space. He can mentor a guy like Tage Thompson, who had just a massive breakout year. Patrick Kane's going to sign in Buffalo, and he's going to get a short-term, probably a big-money deal. Dude's still got a lot left in the tank. But I mean, I, I mean, I, I think I want to do a too show. Much sense not to go Buffalo. I think we're going to do something a little bit. We're, we're going to we're going to dive a little bit more into this uh, somewhere different. Like, well, in, let, different let's time, just but. let's just hit some of these bigger names or the names we care yeah. about. And the next one's Jonathan Taves out of Chicago. He was the captain serious for 15 years, won them cups, him and Kane leaving Chicago, you know, along with I think Seabrook's now gone and and. And, you know, um, who was the goaltender that they had? Uh, I'm blanking on a name. I got Corey Crawford. He's gone, too. Um, Taves doesn't go back to Chicago. They say goodbye to him. He doesn't want to be a part of that rebuild either. Maybe he goes home to Ottawa. Maybe he goes to a Canadian team. Or I think that's where you got to go if you're Jonathan Taves. you got to play closer to home. You know, maybe Vancouver's an option. Maybe he can get in. I don't think Edmonton's going to have anywhere close to the cap space. I don't think Calgary is going to have close to the cap space either. Calgary's a freaking mess right now anyway. But if you're Jonathan Taves, you got to go home. I mean, I, like I, it's this free agent market is going to be so weird because this is why it's we're big. going to talk about this at another time. I mean, it's big. And also there wasn't a huge cap jump. They're expecting that huge cap jump next season. Next year. Yeah. Cause they're, cause they're still working through the, the whole COVID issue and stuff along those lines. The next guy I want to talk about is one that really kind of confuses me, but doesn't because based off what I've learned, this is such a Vancouver move in buying out OEL, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, this could go down as probably one of the worst trades they've could have done. I'm going to be completely honest here. Well, um, okay, go on, go ahead. Buy, buy out Vancouver, bought him out. They they originally traded for him from Arizona mm-hmm. uh, with a very large contract, and 
they traded the number one pick, a number two pick, a number three pick, and they brought back another player as well. I'm blanking on the name. He is a very solid player, pivotal uh, to their team. I'm just blanking on it, and I do apologize. Uh, but Dylan Dylan Gunther is looks like the guy. He was the guy that was drafted with that pick. He is playing for. He played uh, 33 games with Arizona this year. Six goals, one assist, 15 points. Okay, uh, so OEL and Connor Garland, who is Garland, yes, Garland. more than just a solid player. He's a he he can be a pretty high scorer. Went to Vancouver from Arizona for the ninth pick in the 2011 draft or 2021 draft. Forwards Louis Erickson, who was a huge looked to be a huge star. Jay Beagle, probably an underperforming defenseman and Antoine Roussel who looked to have a bright future as well. Arizona also received a second round pick in 2022 and a seventh round pick in 2023. Now Arizona did not have a 2021 first round selection as they forfeited the 11th pick for violating the combine the NHL combine testing policy during the 2019-20 season. Uh, Ekman had six seasons left of an eight-year, $66 million contract that he signed with Arizona July 1st, 2018. He was their captain that they traded away. Now, I have a buddy of mine who is a huge Coyotes fan. He kind of did the same thing that you and I used to do, and he writes for different websites covering the Coyotes. I told him for three years, OEL is going to get traded to St. Louis. Because it made so much sense. And then he gets traded to Vancouver and then gets bought out. So where does he go? Where does he go? I have no idea. Um, uh, I mean, you got to look somewhere that... Uh, look at this free Boston, agent class. The, 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 the rumor that I saw recently is Boston is interested. That's I'm not pulling that out of the thin air. I was just trying to think of the team. But why? But it was Boston that was in. I mean, Boston already has a solid decor. Plus, you got guys like Klimberg and Dumba out there. JVR is going to get a little bit of money, too. But you're going to go with a guy like OEL who, who got a raw deal in Arizona and got a raw deal. I believe he was in Philadelphia before that. But I don't know. He's going to get he's going to get a fair amount of money and he's still getting paid. I'm going to be honest. If I'm OEL, I might take a one year deal because my contract just got bought out. You're expecting a huge salary bump, a huge cap bump. I might take a one year deal and, and go try to play for a team and get a cup and then take that big payday next year. That's and if a team with a cup wants to sign him. I he mean, be a defensive liability at times. He's he's an offensive defenseman, but he's not he's not a, you know, John Klinberg. But here's my here's my thing though. Like you're you're getting your your money regardless. Sure. And you're not going to tell. I don't care what you say. Any team that is a cup contender could pick up OE if they have the opportunity to pick up a guy like OEL on a near min contract. You're gonna take that flyer. Right. That's um, that's my point. Like like if I'm him, I may be just trying to go for a cup and being like, hey, I'll give you a discount this year. Let me get a ring. Or at least let me have a chance to get a ring. All right, we're going to talk about, let's see, probably, well, we're going to talk about a few more. Uh, two former Blues are next. Ryan O'Reilly. No, we cannot skip over Bunting. I think Bunting may end up coming no. out of this class as the highest paid guy. Are you kidding me? I am The guy was a third me. or fourth line dirty player for Toronto. 
You're letting the media coverage get to you. This guy will get three to four million dollars on a two to three year deal from somebody down south, maybe in Arizona. Maybe he goes to a team like Vegas. He is not going to get paid very well. He is a cap casualty in Toronto. I'm so I don't know why you're so high on this guy. Bunting is one of the better players that was on that was part of that Toronto core, and he will get paid. We can leave it at that because I don't. I'm, I'm not. He is a, to argue at, the, at the best sixth so. best player on that team. Last year, he, he's, a, he's one of the big. He was the one of the big four on that. Team. No, he's oh, he was not Marner. He was not Matthews. He was not Tavares. No, that is factually incorrect, and you should feel ashamed for thinking so. How about one of his teammates at the end of the year, Ryan O'Reilly? Without a doubt in my mind, he will be the captain of the St. Louis Blues again next season. Absolutely. He is coming back. He no. is coming back. I I can almost guarantee it. You, he loves you the city. Just, he he'll be back. Want, you want him back. I mean, I'd rather have Tarasenko back, but that's not going to happen. That's not happening either. Because Tarasenko's going to go out west. I can see him with the Kings, maybe the Sharks, maybe Vancouver. Who knows? Maybe he reunites with Jaden Schwartz in Seattle, and that STL line they can bring back together, which was dynamite early in both of their careers. Uh, Matt, I, you have Matt, Max Pacioretty on this list. I do. He's retired. He's going to retire. I don't think Injuries he's retiring at the in, age of 30. 35 dude injuries have just racked that man he's done if he's smart he's done uh we can talk about some more players you know klimberg dumba dadnoff who's gonna get paid uh jvr bertuzzi who's gonna get paid again uh matt or max domi he's gonna stay in the central division he's a central division player i can see him in chicago dallas st louis minnesota i don't think his game belongs uh, in central division where he's he what uh, minnesota right now uh Minnesota or Chicago, I think. I think he finished in Chicago. May, oh, he got traded to Dallas. Yes, yes, he got traded to Dallas. I, I don't think Dallas can, is going to afford to keep him because I think he's going to get paid. Oh, no, he'll get paid. Um, he, he he won't get top-tier talent, but he'll get paid. And But his game fits the Western Conference so much better. And I think it fits the Central Division, especially with the way the Central Division plays. I don't know where he goes, but he's going to get 6-7 to seven AAV. Uh, Freddie Anderson... The goaltending market is not strong. You got Freddie Anderson, you got Cam Talbot, Tristan Jari, Martin Jones, Eunice Corposalo, and congratulations, Thomas Grice. You're going to look good in an AHL jersey because you are not a backup goaltender. Um, there's a, there's a few other guys I think that could be on the move. Like down down here in the RFAs, we do have Samsonov. I think maybe if you try oh, to say no. oh, he'll get resigned. Well, so hear, hear me out on this. I think Samsonov could end up. Uh, could end up being a number one goaltender somewhere because I think you may see some some goalie moves. Where is he at? Uh, he is in Toronto right now. If I'm he not. will be the starting goaltender in Toronto next year. Very possible. I, I could see Toronto maybe trying to make a move for a goaltender. Well, you, you you look at the RFAs and as you listened, Alex DeBrinkett's going to resign for just stupid money. Pierre Luc Dubois has already said he wants out of Columbus. He yes. will get traded. He's not in Columbus. Wherever he's at, he wants out. Yes, he uh, has. He has came out and said that. Timo Meyer is kind of resigned for big money in New oh, Jersey. Stupid money. Uh, Vince I think Dunn. Seattle has to resign Vince Dunn after the oh, season. Oh, absolutely. He had, and uh, he's gonna get paid. Give him two more years, he'll be in the Norris Trophy conversation if Seattle keeps the way they're playing. Alexis Lafreniere, and I really wanted to hear you try to pronounce that name. I was. I mean, I'll, Lafreniere is is how I would pronounce it. It's Lafreniere. It's French. Um, he was former, I believe he was a former number one overall pick. Uh, I can see him moving on. Um, um, so 
I Bo think Byram is going to get money. Let, let me finish this up. Okay. Uh, Samsonoff is going to get huge money. Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers, I believe, are both in Anaheim. Correct. And Zegers is going to get paid. It's hard to tell what's going to happen with those two. If Anaheim, Anaheim's got to be smart and keep both of them. But they're going to start running into cap issues soon if they keep giving these guys big money. And they, they have a lot of young guys, and they absolutely deserve this big money. And maybe this is the year that they sign these two to a big deal, wait till next season, and then make a push because the Kings are going to be a year older. The Sharks are in the middle of a massive rebuild. Seattle is a veteran team. They got some young players, but they are still – their core is skews a little bit older. Vancouver is a mess. Calgary's a mess. Edmonton, what's going to happen there with, with their big two if they're going to stay together? Because now there's rumblings in Alberta that that's a mess. I mean, the West can be taken by Anon, and I think it starts with signing these two guys. Um. So I'm just going to say what, what makes this RFA class interesting is the fact that teams can teams with large amounts of cap space can go and offer these guys a sort of a stupid contract, right? Like you can offer the poison pill contract, right? To, to where you're, you're going to hamstring these other teams. And I think that's where it gets interesting with guys like Zegris, okay. uh, Lafreniere. Now, uh, I'm going to burst your bubble here real fast. There is a huge precedent and major history about RFA contracts. I'm going to take you back, and I can't remember the year. I want to say 93. You know who Scott Stevens is? Yes? Yeah. One of the hardest-hitting defensemen of all time. He was playing in Washington, and he was an RFA. The Blues – or was it Washington? Yes. Yes, it was Washington. He was playing in Washington, signed with the Blues. The NHL awarded the Washington Capitals seven first-round draft picks from St. Louis. Yeah, it's a, it's a rule. There's the a, next a... year, the Blues did it again and signed Brendan Shanahan. They didn't have any picks to give, so Scott Stevens, legend of the New Jersey Devils, was awarded to the Devils for the Blues signing Brendan Shanahan. And you can sign these RFAs and that's fine, but there is a massive penalty for it. And with the way player development is now, you trade for the rights and then you sign these guys. Because if you sign them straight away as an RFA, it doesn't work the way it does in basketball or the way it does in baseball with this RFA stuff. It's it's a massive penalty. And the NHL kind of has it designed that way. And I think it's the smartest way to deal with this stuff. So I don't think you're going to see poison pill contracts. I don't think you're going to see any of this stuff because NHL GMs are smarter than this. Listen to me. If there's a guy on this list that I'm willing to offer a poison pill contract for, it's a guy like Timo Meyer. Uh I'd rather give it to Alex to brink it. Yeah, we'll agree to disagree on that. Um, you know, or maybe Samsonov. Maybe you're right about Samsonov. You know what? Any of these guys, depending on what I could sign them for, may be worth it. But if it's seven number one picks, I'd... Nope. I um I do agree with you though. I think uh, PLD is going to be I'm going to be moved. Um, maybe it's a sign and trade or something like that. I I was I was very interested to see what you were going to say about Byron because he was somebody that was pretty pivotal to Colorado. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois is with Winnipeg. Winnipeg, by the way. Yeah. Um, terrible fantasy season for me. Thanks, Pierre. Oh, awful. Yeah, terrible. Um, I had him too. 
Byron, yeah, but so I, I was interested to see what you would say about him because I, he was somebody that I felt was pivotal down the stretch there, and and I, I think he's going to get paid for it. Um, as far as goalies, I think Cam Talbot could have a bounce back season in the in the right environment. Um, New Jersey, maybe. I don't think they're moving on from Mackenzie Blackwood and their their duo. They they did have like four or five goaltenders. Maybe maybe he goes to a place like Minnesota, which I believe is he's been there before, but. We'll have to see. It's it's going to be an interesting offseason for the NHL as we have now wasted half of our show talking about the NHL. Let's talk about the NBA, Dan. I'm yeah, going to so, yield to you on this. I'm going to make some stupid takes that are probably four or five years old. So hit me. Um, so Victor Wembenyana um, was throughout the first pitch of the Yankee game. And the, did you see the picture of him holding, which, by the way, this guy is your, your de facto number one overall draft pick going to San Antonio if he doesn't get drafted to San Antonio on Thursday night, um, something isn't right. Okay. Um, so about his, the pitch. Not well, the, the pitch was the pitch. It was what you would expect for a first pitch. It was completely left-handed batter's box. Did he hit anybody in the nuts? No, but it would have been. Then it's not pitch. what I expect out of a first pitch. Um, his hand, when he's holding the baseball, you can't see it. That's right. The giant beer can hand. Yes. That's how okay. big this kid's hands are. Um, Denver, Denver won the, the NBA championship. Um, I got a question for you on that. Go ahead. Best two players in the NBA. Are they white guys from Eastern Europe? No. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. You're talking about, uh, Jokic and Doncic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they're, they're, they're top five players in the NBA, but I mean, you're still pulling for Giannis, aren't you? Um, I think no, Giannis is Giannis is top five, but I think it's hard to say. And you're gonna hate me for this. I think it's hard to not consider Kevin Durant a top two player in the league. Uh, I think it's hands down Jokic. I mean, you could really say it could be argued Jokic and Bead, uh, Durant, Luca, Giannis. I mean, th- those are like your your top five players. LeBron's still top 10. I know you hate that take too. No, I don't. I, I, I agree with you on it. I hate LeBron as a human being, although with the stuff he's done for charity, it's kind of hard to do that too. I hate him as a basket. I hate a him as a basketball player off the court. Okay. Um, fair enough, I guess. He's a good human being. He's a great player when he plays, but he flops too much and he's – he move on. Um, so Denver won. Uh, Jokic was hilarious. If you didn't see, which if you didn't see any of his antics after winning the championship, and you're listening to this show, my question to you is, why are why? you listening to this yeah. show? Well, why um, are you listening to the show anyway? We we suck. Um, Draymond opted out of his contract with Golden State. Hold on. Oh, and, go ahead. Let's go back because there's something that I find absolutely amazing. Say the guy's name again. Jokic. Jokic. All right. How he went to every Heat player and shook their hand before celebrating. Yeah. That's a class act. That is a huge class act for me. That man looks at the NBA as a nine to like a like how you and I look at our nine to five jobs, for lack of a better. Yeah, powers. but I want to get paid the way he is. Yeah, I mean the the dude looks at it as it's his job. It's when, a, yeah, it's his job. And works out for like how we have our passions. He just is lucky enough to be an NBA player. And the sad thing is, in five, ten, fifteen years, when 
there's going to be conversations about what his legacy is, people are going to bring that up. And it's stupid that they're going to bring that up. I I agree with you, but I think it's going to be hard to deny the fact that he very well could go down as the best possible center to play the game. Yeah, and people are going to say, well, he can't be that because he didn't love basketball. He was just in it for the money. It's like, that's what everybody does. I don't even know if the dude was in it for the money. I just think he was in it because he's good at it. I've done a lot of things that I've been good at that I didn't really care for. So I get that. Um, we, We mentioned LeBron James earlier. Draymond, so Draymond opted out of his contract with Golden State. He joked, which was a teams, dumb, 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 just stupid move. I disagree with you. Um, Why is he going to get paid more? I do. Is that contract going to get bigger? Think he's going to get like thirty-five mil a year. Is he going to play for a better team? Is he going to have more talented teammates? Here's the here's the thing. He has the championships. Right. If this is Draymond's last real contract. Why not go get yourself the bag that you have? And it has been stated by multiple players on that team. Get yourself the bag that you have given up to keep that core together. Go get your money if you don't care about the championships anymore. I'm okay with him opting out. I actually think he opted out to get more money from Golden State. I think he resigns and I think he gets more money. And that's possible. It's just maybe I'm a little old fashioned in the fact that I think there should still be loyalty to a certain extent like you and i can have a show on this and we can argue this too i have no problem if you leave the end of your contract or you get traded away at the end of your contract and you don't want to come back that's fine you honored your word and played out that contract but if you sign on the dotted line whether you have an opt-out clause or not finish the contract this these opt-out clauses are dumb but opt-out like, clauses on, 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 like, player opt-out clauses are dumb? Let me finish. Just having them exist is, is I don't I don't understand it. I mean, maybe you offer the opt-out clause so you can get a guy for a little bit cheaper. Are you talking, but, are you talking about club opt-outs as well? Yes, all of it. Stupid. It's, it's stupid. I believe you should keep your word. Now, I get it, you know, basketball is a business and no business keeps their word either. You could get fired tomorrow without a two weeks notice, but if you quit, you're expected to give a two weeks notice. That's horseshit. But I mean, that's I just, that's I, that's kind of how like that's that's how I view it. I mean, I, I give we I, I under as Dan just hurt himself. He may have broken himself. I don't know what he did, but it is funny to watch. Anyway, we're gonna move on from this since he just blew his argument away by not talking. Uh, Bradley Beal went to the. Phoenix Suns, Dan's going to comment about that. And we found out what job Morant's suspension was. He got 25 games, and he's not eligible for any rewards. I'm interested to find out what Dan just did. Uh, he got, just got the worst Charlie horse of my life. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, man. So really quickly, to sum up what I was saying before. Um, no, we moved on. You're done. Talk about Bradley Beal and the Suns. Uh, yes, I don't understand this move at all. You don't need another wing. You have Durant. You have Booker. This was one of the dumbest moves I've ever seen, unless you're moving this contract again for something bigger. Um, it's the NBA, it's possible. So did you, did you see what uh, – we couldn't go the whole show without talking about the NBA because we talk, we're talking about the, the NFL because we're talking about John Morant. Did you see Jack Jones, the Patriots – cornerback oh with the tweet and then immediately with, shot with himself tweet, foot. with the tweet about come on man just put the guns down you're throwing away millions and then proceeds to get caught in an airport 
with loaded guns in his carry-on. They're stupid, and then there's that. Like, that's like a guy having a kilo of coke in his front seat when he gets pulled over. Oh, no, officer, I don't know how that got there. Like, I I, I I just had to bring that up um, because I just thought the irony and the funniest in that. I'm going to run through these. I want to hear your take on each of these guys. Keep it to, like, 15 seconds or less. Sure, yeah, because you run the show and I don't. Um, Kyrie, uh, these are your unrestricted free agents. Some of the bigger names that I've seen so far. Okay. Uh, Kyrie. Uh, he's the new Jason kid. He's going to be a journeyman. He's going to go all over the place, one or two year deals. And he's, you know, he's going to take and try to convert as many flat earthers for teammates. Okay. Uh, Vucevic. Who? Okay. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm honestly like, why is he a big name? Like I, I don't Uh, know basketball that much. He's a, he's an all-star caliber center. Um, really turned his turned his kind of Orlando around. Started in Orlando, yes, has moved on. Oh no, I meant that's where he was gonna go. I just threw a name out there. I completely shot in the dark. Put him on the Knicks. Do the Knicks have a center? I feel like the Knicks have a big guy. Don't they have Porzingis? Uh, no, Porzingis is in Washington. Okay, so put him on the Knicks. The Knicks like you know big guys in the middle. Um, so Kyrie, all right. So I'm I'm gonna follow I'm gonna follow you up with each of these as we move forward. Uh, sure. Kyrie's probably going to resign in Dallas is what I'm expecting. Okay. Um, New Jason kid. I feel which I, I don't really know where I expect him to go, but I expect him to get a pretty large deal for the way he played last season. Okay. We already spoke about Draymond. I think he goes back to Golden State. Do you have a guess on where he goes? Uh, Golden State sounds good. Maybe the Clippers. I feel like he's he's a good California. He's good in California. Okay. You know what? I actually kind of don't hate the Clippers. Uh, Fred Van, Give me your thoughts on Fred Van Fleet. I feel like I'm going to say he's a good guy coming off the bench, and you're going to roast me for it. Yeah, Fred Van Fleet is, a, is an all-star multiple years over. Um, okay. Probably about to get a bag, maybe one of the highest Atlanta? players. Uh, I feel no. like it's an Atlanta name. No, he's not going to be in Atlanta because they have Trey Young. If one's, be- if one's good, two's better. Uh, so uh, Fred Van Fleet, I do not have him going back to Toronto. That's New Orleans? I believe that. Uh, maybe with some of the upcoming. It seems like a name that would be good in the South. All right, uh, Brooke Lopez. That's an attractive man right there. He's gonna put butts in the seats. Um, I feel like New York is a good place for him. One of the four teams that play in that twenty-mile radius. But right. uh, um, maybe Indianapolis. Maybe he gonna, goes to the Pacers. He's gonna put butts in the seats. How do you feel about his his own court play? Um, well, he's a big. He, uh, who's the guy I'm thinking of? Um, who's this must the, have been this must have mix, been how you the, felt when I was trying to do hockey back before I followed on. Oh, I'm I'm trying to think of the guy. Um, he dated one of the Kardashians. Uh, he mixed race, light skinned. Um, Lamar Odom. No, uh, he married one of the Kardashians. Oh, well, you're talking about Blake Griffin. Griffin. Blake Griffin. He's Blake Griffin after taxes. Okay. Um. I, I hope he re-signs in Milwaukee. He's been a key part of that. Uh, another all-star. Uh, just to let everybody know what Ed's notes said here, not a starter. Um, like I, I, I but restricted like free agents after taxes. I mean, I don't know. I don't follow the NBA anymore. Uh, restricted free agents. Do you even want to? Do you even want to give opinions on these, or do you just want me to kind of talk? About I don't know who any of these guys are. Right. Cam John, Cam Johnson, restricted free agent. Um, Sounds I, like I an NASCAR driver. 
I expect him to re-sign. It does not look like a NASCAR driver. I said sounds like. Oh, that. okay. Um, I expect him to re-sign in Brooklyn. He was kind of one of the bigger pieces back in the Durant deal. Uh, PJ Washington, I expect him to get re-signed by Charlotte. But Any guy really that goes by two initials cannot be trusted. But you, you really, I mean, I'll have to tell you some stuff about him off the show. Um, PJ Washington, I expect him to get resigned, but you really don't know where this is going to go with the Charlotte because uh, it's something we should talk about when we're talking about headlines. Oh, yeah, Michael. Michael Jordan is Jordan selling, selling the show. team yeah, for like yeah, $1.7 or $1.6 billion. Yeah, or close some, to $2 Something billion. ridiculous. Um, Austin Reeves probably going to resign with the Lakers. Any relation unless, to Ryan Reeves? Uh, I, I don't know. Austin, did he did he play at Duke? Uh, Austin Reeves, I'm not sure. I don't know. Either. Name sounds familiar. Uh, Colby White, um, probably that's a baseball resigned. player. Uh, player options, we have Chris Middleton. Any thoughts on Chris Middleton? Uh, isn't he another ex of the Kardashians? I don't know if Middleton ever dated the Kardashians. I think I he dated the no. youngest one. Maybe the no. one, the middle one, maybe. No, uh, I I, to... New York, maybe. So you you're expecting him to opt out? Yeah, why not? Uh, I do not expect him to opt out. He is uh, he has a forty million dollar player option, and after the season that he had with injuries, I don't expect him to get paid more than that. Um, James Harden. What are your thoughts? Because, look, you know how James Harden is. So tell me some of your thoughts. I was very wrong about Chris Middleton, by the way. Yeah. I was thinking of somebody else. Okay. Uh, You were probably thinking of Chris Humphreys. That's it. Um, James Harden will go down in history as a top five scorer in the NBA. Okay. Uh, Do you think he opts out? Do you think he stays in Philly? He's in Philly now? Yeah. He'd be stupid to leave Philly. Philly's a good team, right? Uh, yeah, they have a solid team. Yes. I think he stays unless uh, unless he can get a, a supermax deal, maybe. I don't think he's gonna get another supermax. Um, all right, this is the one that I've been waiting for the whole show. Give me your thoughts on Christoph Porzingis and what he does with this player option. What's he? He's got to go for the biggest bag of money he can get. Christoph Porzingis is about five years past his prime is what it feels like. He had like two great seasons, signed a huge deal, and then just fell off a cliff. Uh, He had a solid year last year, but if Christoph Porzingis opts out of this player option, there is no way he gets a bigger bag than what he has right now. So last season, he averaged 23.2 points per game, 49.8 from the field, 38.5 38.5 from behind the arc, 8.4 rebounds, 2.7 assists, almost a steal a game, and a block and a half a game. All of those exceed his career highs except for the blocks. And how old is he now? He played 32.6 minutes. Uh, he was born in 95, August 2nd, 95. So do the math there. He's 28. Yeah, he's not getting a bigger contract than what he has. I'll be very surprised if he hops out. You could be right on this, but if you're right on this, it's dumb pure luck, and you know it. Maybe um, not a super max deal, but he's going to get paid again. You can't turn away a guy that that had 23 points and eight and a half rebounds a game. You got to pay this man, whether it's with Washington or somebody else. I mean, here's the thing: he uh, he's the highest paid player on the team right now, making 36 mil a year. Okay, then you stay. I mean, I didn't realize it was like that, but. 
I don't know if you're going to get paid any more than that, but <laughs> if I'm his agent, I'm making some phone calls to see. Yeah, I mean, he's the, he's the highest paid player on the team right now. Yeah, he's um, it, that, that's a lot of money, so maybe he stays. All right, and then we have um, Victor Oladipo. I agree with you here. I expect him to opt out for more money. Um, and THT, uh, Horton Tucker, I expect Horton Tucker to opt out as well. We're going to dive into this a little bit more. I'm once, actually going to do research and actually speak like I'm free, educated on this. Once free agency really starts and we kind of get some signings and talk about some of the blockbuster deals that happen because NBA free agency is the best free agency for any sport. If you don't follow the NBA and you're just a sports mm. fan, 100% is the best. because I would say July 1st in the NHL tops all sports because that's when everybody signs. You know, baseball, it's as soon as the league year's over and you ha- there's a flurry there. And then you got the winter meetings where some of the bigger guys sign. But for an entire offseason, it's the NBA. For one Agreed. day, yes. it's the NHL. Yeah, July 1st is something I'm looking forward to. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more as well. Um, let's move on to baseball. Let's, let's talk about let's, this All-Star yes. game. Um, so in the American League, Vladimir Guerrero and Yandy Diaz are separated by 70,000 votes. Who would have thought Yandy Diaz would be there? And I'll be honest, in my opinion, Yandy Diaz should be over Vlad Guerrero right now. Uh, Marcus Simeon has over twice as many over Whit Merrifield at second. Marcus Simeon is by far the best second baseman in the AL right now. Matt Chapman has just about 50,000 votes more than Josh Young Young. of the Rangers. Josh Young should be leading this ballot. I think Matt Chapman's getting it on uh, on name recognition. How about Jose Ramirez is fourth? I mean, he's just starting to heat up. You look at his numbers early on in the season, and he has he wasn't that great. Uh, Bo Bichette is running away with the shortstop position. One point five six million votes to Corey Seager's eight twenty seven. Country voting for your team. And then we have the outfielders. Aaron Judge. 1.58, Mike Trout, 1.17, Randy Arozarena, who should be pushed to the moon by Major League Baseball as a marketing god, and Jordan Alvarez with 1.09. Those are the only guys that even sniff a million votes at this time. Yeah, and it's kind of really insane looking at the outfield. Like when you look at the full list, like the fact that Austin Hayes is leading the leading the AL. Not the league, because we're going to talk about the league leader in batting average in a second. But Austin Hayes is leading the AL in batting average, and he's sitting down in, what is it, the 15th? I mean, Masaka Yoshida. Yoshida's been playing extremely well. Sounds like a guy that wrestles for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I mean, it's just, I'm going to be honest here, though. Like, looking at all the Blue Jays' votes and how terrible they are, the fact that Brandon Belt is second in designated hitter votes right now. Well, we haven't gotten there yet disgusting because the next pit position we're going to talk about is one i know you voted for a million times adley rushman has a hundred and fifty ish thousand almost 150 ish thousand vote lead on salvador perez oddly enough i haven't voted once for the all-star game because we're gonna actually i'm gonna tease that because you're gonna find out soon and then the designated hitter is the leading vote getter Shohei Otani, as it should be. And we'll talk about Otani here in a minute. 
But yeah, that's insane. 1.88 million votes. Moving like, over to the NL. You want me to take this or you got No, it? I can keep going. Uh, Freddie Freeman, over a million votes more than Matt Olson. The reigning MVP award winner, Paul Goldschmidt, fourth, 330,000. Freeman has over 1.3 million more votes than Paul Goldschmidt. Wow. Okay, that's just kind of not trying to kick a kick a bus when it's down, but that kind of just also has to do with He's where... won four uh, games in a row now. Yeah, still in the cellar. At second base, we have Luis Ar- Ariza. Really? Luis Ariza. Ariza, Ariza. Sure. 1.05 million. He's got a a comfortable lead over Ozzy Albies of the Braves. And Nolan Gorman, 382,000, distant third. How do you feel about that? Uh, Pretty sure we're going to talk about Arias' season here in a second. Realistically, uh, Kendall Marte should be sitting third in this voting with the season he's having, in my opinion. Where's he at? Pittsburgh? He's sitting six. No, he's in Arizona. He, he was in Pittsburgh. Well, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, Nolan Arenado leads all third baseman, as probably he should, with uh, 936,000 votes. Although Austin Riley one. is making a push with 832. Austin Riley and Max Mun- Third base is probably where you can really interchange those top three, and it would be hard to argue anyway. Top five? Machado? Hmm. Top four. Manny has no. You're right. Top five. I love Manny, but I didn't. Uh, I just don't know. Orlando Arcia has almost has over double the votes over the second place guy Francisco Lindor at short. A uh, lot short, of talent that's underperforming. In I was this getting, group. took the words right out of my mouth. Um, the the shortstop position in the NL when you really look at this list as a whole, uh, very underwhelming seasons. Although I did. I forget. I think Lindor was playing the Cardinals, maybe. It was either the Cardinals or the Guardians. It could have been the Guardians, where he hit just two bombs in big moments, including he. I think he had a walk-off hit in that same series. Uh, I hated he had to leave Cleveland, but I'm glad he got his money because Lord knows he wasn't going to get it on the shores of Lake Erie. How about Ronald Acuna Jr.? Most votes out of anybody. 2.2 million. Is it deserved? It's argu- it's arguable. Um, I I don't well. Does he deserve to have the most votes? Probably. Do I think he deserves that many more votes over a guy like Mookie Betts? I don't think he should have Mookie almost last by a mil. Or four million more than or four hundred thousand more than Otani. Well, yeah, that too. That's ridiculous. Mookie Betts at second with one point four million, and then there's a deep drop to Corbin Carroll at third. Lourdes Goriel at fourth, so two teammates out there with almost the same amount of votes, separated by a thousand and uh, change. And then Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., Michael Harris II, Nick Castellanos, Marcelo Zuna in the top nine. And then catcher, Sean Murphy that good? Uh, he's No. Yes, but no. Um, he has almost 500,000 more votes at 1.3 million over Will Smith, Will followed S- by TJ Real Muto, Francisco JT. Alvarez. JT Real Muto. That's what I said. And a lot, Elias mm-hmm. Diaz of Colorado at 3.05. If, in my opinion, the catcher position should read uh, JT, Will Smith, then Sean Murphy. Hmm. So you think Atlanta's stuff in the ballot box? 
Uh, I mean, I think Atlanta fans are. I mean, yeah. it's, you, it, it's very similar to Blue Jay fans. Then we get to the designated hitter, J.D. Martinez of the Dodgers, 879, followed by Bryce Harper. My, how the mighty have fallen. At 722K, Travis Darno at you gotta, 568. Name. You I remember Harper just came back recently, too. But still. But I mean, I, I know I Tommy think, John surgery is is rough, and he did miss the first 30 games, but... I think you could... I mean, I, I think J.D. is probably deserving there. I I mean, I really think Cutch should have more than 209,000 votes, too. Uh, the same with Solaire. I mean... It's... Uh, it's... All right, let's move along because we are running out of time. Arias. Hold on really quickly. Uh, just what? yes or no, yes or no question. Are sure. you fed up with the all-star games as a whole when it comes to professional sports? Because I'm getting there. No, I don't mind that at all. Like, I think the all-star games definitely have their place. They should not be taken seriously. Um, I think they should be moved to the end of the year. I like the break in the middle to give guys a little bit of a rest. All-star games should be played like the Pro Bowl. They should be put at the end of the year. That way you get a whole season of what a guy's doing. Play them after the playoffs. That way guys can still opt out anyway. And you get a full year. So you have these guys that come on in the minor leagues in the second half that have amazing years. Get no recognition for it. I agree. You have a pitcher that starts 11 and four with an ERA of 2.3 and then just falls apart in the second half. But he was an all-star. Stupid. Uh, I agree. Uh-huh. Um. Let's talk about the the MLB batting leader, batting average leader. I believe is he he's up back over 400. Or did he have an off night tonight? Uh, after tonight, he is back to 398. Well, we're going to talk about this guy a lot more. But the thing that really kind of burned me a lot, I love Joey Votto. I grow I, I I didn't grow up. I live in Ohio. Joey Votto is one of the most class act stand up guy ever, and the Reds have done him dirty for being so bad for so long. MLB.com posted Joey Votto hitting a home run in his first game back over areas going five for five. Um, his third five for five game this month. This month. This month. That bothers me a lot. Like, I know five for five is not the achievement it used to be, but the guy's chasing 400 and the closest anybody has come since, like, Tony Gwynn. This should be talked about all day, every day. So we're definitely going over. We're probably going about 15, 20 minutes over. Sorry. For At that, least. Guys. Yeah, this is going to be a longer show. Um, we never go this long. We talk about football. We Just don't. Saying. We don't. Um, but this was, I mean, I don't know. This was something that I really liked. And this next topic. All right. So I'm going to let you get. So Otani. He's having uh-huh. a massive season. Absolutely. One dot one one dot something. Yeah, his stats are ridiculous. OPS, Twenty-four home runs. He leads the, he leads the American League in home runs, RBIs. He's close in average. He's up. I mean, yes, he is a once in a lifetime pitcher. Yeah. So, who do you want people to stop comparing him to? Babe Ruth. Okay. I had this argument online in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in. Yes, they share a lot of similarities. Babe Ruth pitched 104 years ago. There were no day games. Or there, I'm sorry, there were no night games. There was no team west of the Mississippi except in St. Louis. The ballparks were built with ridiculous dimensions, which helped and hurt 
him as a hitter and a pitcher. The balls were different. The mound was different. The game was different. There was no pitch clock. There was no DH. There was no any of this stuff. Yes, Babe Ruth pitched and hit, and he's he's prolific in both. Arguably the best hitter ever. Shohei Otani could be the best hitter this season. Could be the best pitcher this season. Maybe he's in gets votes for both, and he probably should get votes for the MVP and the Cy Young. I think he. Uh... When the comparison is a century old, it's time to stop making the comparison. Could Ty Cobb play in Major League Baseball today? Absolutely, he could. Is he better than Ricky Henderson? We'll never know because it's so different between the 1980s and the you know 1910s. So I just wanted you to get that off your chest. So it's, I, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that we still make this comparison. Because I, I want to done, but it's ridiculous. Because I want to talk about the contract and his AAV. Okay. So, uh, Judge just signed a nine a nine year three hundred and sixty million dollar contract with an AAV of forty million a year. Cole mm-hmm. back in twenty twenty signed a nine year three hundred twenty four million dollar with an AAV of thirty six mil. Stop right there. Two questions for you. Over the course of those nine years, will Aaron Judge average more home runs than his AAV? No. Cole, over the course of that nine-year contract, will he average half as many wins as he does for his AAV? No. Continue. Otani is 28, so he is younger than both of these guys when they sign these agreements. Mm-hmm. Trout signed a 12-year deal at 27. Mm-hmm. Okay. 426.5 million with an AAV of 35.5. Okay. Mookie, 12 years at 27, 365 for 30.4. Huge mm-hmm. gap in between those two as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. I think Otani breaks 10 years at $600 million. No, that's ridiculous. Hear me out. You are getting Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole Mm -hmm. in one contract. Right. But better. What MLB owner is going to pay that? Realistically, there are two teams... They can put that on their payroll and not be completely broke. And they are the Yankees and they are the Dodgers. So what do you think he gets? 10 and 500 with options all over the place. And uh, no movement. (laughs) But I think he'll get he'll get 10 at 500. So an AAV of 50. And I think after every three years, he'll have a player option. And every four years, it'll be a club option. This is why I think his AAV will be higher than $55 million. Okay. Scherzer and Verlander both signed last season. Sure. They were both small, short-term contracts. And Agreed, yeah. Three years and two years, respectively. But they both have an AAV of 43.33333333. Repeating, yes, we get it. Million. Okay. And I think Otani breaks maybe not maybe not maybe not 60 mil, but I think he breaks 55 mil AAV. 
I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a club that's going to do that because we can eliminate half of the league at over 30. Just there's half the league that's not going to pay that, whether they're a small market team or they just they're cash strapped. Okay, and out of the half that's remaining, we can probably eliminate another two thirds of them. They just won't spend the money. So that leaves you with teams like Boston, New York, L.A. I would say San Diego, but they already they shot. I'm, their I'm going to include San Diego in that because Houston, maybe. And that's about it. I think he stays west of the Mississippi as well. I would love to see him in a Cardinals uniform, but I know damn well that they're not going to that whoever the uh, new general manager of the Cardinals is next year is not going to give him <clears> that much money. Um, I would hate to see him there based off the records of uh, Otani's based off the records of uh, the Cardinals free agent signings and how they play out. But I digress. Um, Hold on. Elaborate, please. What we talked about last week. Elaborate for those of us that weren't. Uh, You got you're going to have to elaborate because I I don't I just know that they spend a lot of money and don't get a lot of wins out of them. John Moselak does that, okay? And you can go through Facebook and you can find the graphic that I showed you, and it's ridiculous. Whoever the new general manager of the Cardinals is is going to be smarter than that. And I don't care who you are. If you can get Shohei Otani, you're going to got to try to get it. I just The Cardinals aren't rich enough, or they're not willing to spend enough money. Yeah, and I, that's – I because think that's it, the better statement because – If you bring in Shohei Otani, you can guarantee you're going to get at least – 35 sellouts a year. Don't doesn't the owner of the Cardinals also own Anheuser Busch? Not anymore, buddy. Not for the no, last I, 40, I was asking, I was 30 asking. years, maybe. Oh, they sold. Bush, yeah, well, Bush sold a long time ago. Yeah. Um, let's talk let's, about some of these divisions. Yeah. So in the East, we have the Rays and the Braves, respectively, leading their divisions. And I am going to. This is the only division that makes sense. The only divisions that make sense. This is these are the only two division leaders that make sense. I I agree. They have a the the Rays and even a, the Rays are a little. Eh. The Rays have a four game lead over Baltimore. Baltimore can cut that to three after tomorrow after winning tonight, and okay. Atlanta has a five and a half game lead over Miami. Atlanta clearly is the right choice here. Yes. The Rays, you can never count out the Rays. The Rays you can question realistically because I think a lot of people were thinking this was Toronto and New York. Um, Yeah. It was a two-team race between those two, and those two teams are not racing very well. Um, Moving on to the next team here, we have the next I don't don't understand this. We have the Twins and the Reds. The Twins are sort of understandable with what they've done lately. Uh, I personally yeah. was expecting Cleveland to play a lot better and not be four games under 500. Um, they'll get they'll get hot later in the season. When the weather gets hot, Cleveland gets hot. Now Cincinnati doesn't make any leading, fucking sense at all. Leading this division, like, what the hell games, is going on? Four games over 500. Their best pitcher is on the 60 day IL right now, and they're 10 and 0 in their last 10, winning tonight against Colorado. And I expect the way that win streak to continue tomorrow against a, a, a terrible Colorado team. They have to fall off. This is not sustainable. I agree with you, but I'm going to be honest. Nobody else wants to win this division. I think this division could finish Pittsburgh and Cincinnati 1-2. Two. 
and the whole world will weep. Um, I, Could you imagine if, if if we have an Ohio River series? That's disgusting. Disgusting. Uh, yeah, I, I I would be there for it. We would be there for it. Oh yeah, I would definitely try to go to a game, but um, it's disgusting. The in the West we have the Rangers and the Snakes. The Arizona Rangers maybe Rats. make a little bit of sense. They I, do make a little I, bit of sense. What doesn't I don't, make sense I don't know what the, the Dodgers are doing. What doesn't make sense is the fact that Houston's sitting in third. That does not make sense. Yeah, um, that's okay. five and a half games out. That's ridiculous. Um, not even then, in a wild card. And then we have Arizona and leading the the NL West with San Francisco three games behind them and the Dodgers four games behind them. One thing that I heard today, um, and it was pretty interesting. I should have pulled it up. This is on me. Uh, I'll kind of give you a synopsis here. You take your your team stolen base leaders, like the top seven teams, are all vying for their divisions. If you take out Oakland, because Oakland has one guy that has stole like almost 30 bases so far. Um, so when you spread those steals out, it seems like small ball is working a little bit more right now in baseball. Um, that's right. It, it should. Oh, that's an argument. Every team should be stealing. Every team should be running every inning. Every time you get a player on first base, you should immediately think, I'm going to run. Guy can only throw over twice. You know, on, the, on that third time, even if he because even if a guy throws over and he picks you off. Okay, great. That happens, what, 1% of the time? And how many of those times is the guy going to throw over and see you take off and balk? Yeah. That's yeah. That's got to be more prevalent than a pickoff. So I'm making him throw over twice, and then I'm running. And if you get a good enough jump, no catcher is going to be able to stop you. All right. Every team should be running and running and running. Ricky Henderson would have 200 stolen bases in a year. I mean, you might be right. Lou Brock um, would have 200 stolen bases. Could looking, you imagine the 80 Cardinals with all the speed that they have? Vince Coleman would have 250 stolen bases. It's ridiculous. Ozzie Smith would knock in 200, 200 runs. Um, and that's Ozzie Smith. Continue. Sorry. So moving on to the wild card. Uh, the wild card, the O's have a five-game lead over the second-place Angels, who have a half-game lead and are currently playing right now against the Doyers uh, over the Yankees. And the Yankees have a one-game lead. or Actually, they have a half-game lead after Houston went final over Houston, who is sitting in fourth. Um, one thing the that... Top, hold on. The top two teams in the wild card? It's stupid. It's the top ridiculous. two teams for the AL, you mean? For the AL. The O's and the Angels. That's ridiculous. The O's are the best feel-good story we've had in baseball since the Rays decided to play money ball and do it better than the Athletics did. They're a fun team to watch. They're a good yeah, team to watch. The, the O's are leading every division except for both the East divisions right now, and they're four games out of their but own division, which is absolutely insane. The, the Rays are good, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. The, o, the biggest travesty that Baltimore has, besides the fact that Ray Lewis is a god, is that the O's play in the AL East. Uh, yeah, that's the best division in baseball. I don't really think it's not disputable. Yeah. Of, like this is the best division in baseball. Absolutely. Um, in the NL, we have Miami with Why? a two game lead over San Francisco with a Why? one game lead over the Dodgers. What the 
like just and the Dodgers have a one and a half game lead over Milwaukee, but the Dodgers are playing right now, so that could go down to a half game or go up to a two game lead. However, you want to look at it. As we're recording this, games are still being played tonight, and these are your up to date stats. The fact um, that the Dodgers are in this is disgraceful. The fact that Miami is anywhere close to this is horrific. Here's the thing about Miami. I'm going to disagree with you on this. You might not get it, but if you watch them play, this is a team with solid hitting. They do have the batting average leader on their team. You look at their rotation. The reigning Cy Young winner is on this team, and he's pitching awful, and everybody else is pitching well around him, and they have a lot of young pitching talent. This team is a... Very solidly built team. This may be the best Miami team that we've seen. And what I mean by that is this may be the best Miami team we've seen um, since their their World Series win that has been built the right way. Um, I was not expecting this Miami team to do this, but watching them play, it does make sense with how they've been playing and how the team, like just how they're built. It really does. San Francisco makes no sense to me. I don't understand this at all. Uh, I'll never understand San Francisco winning, but it's an odd year. Didn't they win like every other World Series for like six years on odd years or some it, shit? It, like yeah, it, it was ridiculous. But anyway, let's play. Uh, let's play a little fun game of stuff that I found on the internet this week that'll blow Dan's mind. Tristan McKenzie sprained UCL, waiting to get a second opinion. How big of a blow is this to the Guardians? Oh, I actually am glad you brought that up because the Guardians are calling up the number one pitching prospect in all of baseball to face the athletics tomorrow in Gavin Williams. I am going to be watching this game and I am excited to watch this. That is a big blow for them. But if Gavin Williams pitches well, maybe he can slide right in there. They also have another young player with Bybee too, who stepped in and has has pitched. This kid Gavin Williams, like you you need to watch this game tomorrow. He's 6'6", 250. Oh, they got Randy Johnson, did they? All right, let's move along. Uh, the Astros have lost five straight games, which was snapped tonight. That was their longest losing streak since their six-game skid in April of 2021. Honestly, you said this surprised you. I honestly thought it would have been longer, as good as the Astros have been for so long. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Um, I mean, you really think about it, it is really kind of impressive that it took them that long to lose five games just because of you play 162 games mm-hmm. a year. So, but I mean, by all means, I, I really don't even know where to go from this just simply because the, I mean, it's the Astros. It's just not something that we expect. Bob Gibson in 1968, seven, seven, nine, nine, 12, 11, eight, nine and two thirds, eight, eight, nine, nine, nine. And it just keeps going like that. In fact, he pitched one, two, three, four, five games over nine innings in 1968, where he had a 1.12 ERA. If there is a, if there's the definition of domination in any kind of sports dictionary, Bob Gibson's 1968 should be the picture next to that definition. Fair enough. I appreciate everything you say. In 1988-89, Mario Lemieux had three eight-point games. Three. Times he scored eight points. No other player in NHL history has more than two eight-point games in their entire career. And he did it three times in a season. My question to you is, Daniel, I know you're not a hockey historian, but you know of Mario Lemieux. You know of Wayne Gretzky. 
if Mario Lemieux does not lose all those years in the prime of his career due to cancer, is he looked at as better than Wayne Gretzky? Yes. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk about some blown saves, and this was, I guess, up to a few days ago. I'm looking at it now. Are you looking at the same thing I am? I'm not looking at it, but I do know what you're referring to. The Astros have blown nine saves this year. Fewest in baseball, along with the Mariners, Rockies, and Royals. They have converted 65% of their save opportunities. The Yankees are, uh, what, 20 for 30, so 67%. The Angels are... Uh, 25 for 37, 68%. I feel like those numbers are like super low. Like it seems like that's a lot of blown saves. It does seem like it's a lot of blown saves. And I think we're looking at that um, kind of because of the pitch clock. Is, is, is that really it though? I mean, uh, by the way, just to let you guys know, this was as of, I think, earlier in the week, maybe the beginning of the week. The Nationals have lead the league or led the league with 16 blown saves and 34 opportunities, followed by the Cardinals, the Orioles, and then the Rays, who have each blown 15 saves. If the Cardinals convert half of those, they're leading their division. If the Rays convert, or I'm sorry, if the Orioles convert half of those, they are leading their division. If the Rays convert half of those, the They're division race in the AL East is over. Maybe over. It's over. No, it, it ain't maybe. It is. Like, it's done. It's just, it's, I, I was looking at that, and it just amazed me that the Rays have blown 15 save opportunities when they should have won. Because anytime you have a save opportunity, you they absolutely should win. win. Agreed. But, uh, I mean, yes, I agree with that, but it's also, like, you can blow a save in the fifth inning. No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. It ha- it's after five innings. Okay, you can blow a save in the sixth inning. Anyway, let's move on to something else. Teams hitting under 200. I'm sorry, hitting, teams hitting under 240, according to Codify Baseball. From 1998 to 2009, there were exactly none of them. In 2015, there was none of them. In 2010 to 2014, there was five, twice, 2012 and 2013. 2018 had the highest ever with eight. 2022, there were 14. 2023, there are nine. Three true outcomes. Walk, home run, strikeout. Feel like that's where baseball is. Yeah. All right. Last two things we're going to get to before we call this show done. By John Robinson, and I'm pretty sure I've, I've said that wrong, Bijan. on the It Needed to Be Said podcast along, oh, I just lost it, darn it, along with Tyreek Hill, rated their top five running backs in NFL history. Now I'm going to read Hill's first, followed by we Robinson's. Going, I thought we were going the show without talking about football. Ah, too late. You already screwed it up with Jack Jones. Anyway, top five running backs in NFL history. Number five, Eric Dickerson. Number four, Gail Sayers. Three, Barry Sanders. Two, Derrick Henry. One, Adrian Peterson. Out of that set of five, how many of those do you agree with? That are two. Uh, that are in the top five? Two. Which two? 
Uh, Eric Dickerson. And Barry Sanders. Yes. So AP is not a top five all-time running back. No, top ten. Derrick Henry, not a top five. Absolutely not. No. Gale Sayers, not a top five. No. He's not even a... He's not even the best Bears running back. All right. Robinson's top five. Walter Payton at number five. Yes. Adrian Peterson at number four. Mm. Marshall Falk at number three. Arguable. LT at number two. Arguable. Barry Sanders at number one. I mean, the guy that plays the position has a better top five than the guy that doesn't. Speaking of Tyreek Hill, breaking news, he is under investigation for a domestic incident at a charter boat place. Oh, interesting. Anyway, so now just for those of us that don't know who you're talking about, Robinson is the one you're referring to, right? Yes, Bijan. Okay. Barry Sanders is number one without a doubt. Best running back ever. Okay. it, it, I mean, that's that's not open for discussion. That is a fact. It's Barry Sanders, then you can go Walter Payton. I stand corrected. Barry Sanders is number two. And the fact that Jim Brown is not on either of these lists is a travesty of justice. I was waiting for you to bring Jim. It's Jim Brown, Brown, then Barry Sanders, then the rest of the list. It's like I saw somebody rating wide receivers the other day, and they rated their top five wide receivers, and Jerry Rice wasn't on that list. And if you don't start a wide receiver list with Jerry Rice, what are you doing? You can argue Jim Brown and Barry Sanders till you're blue in the face. I've done it before. We've I'm, done it before. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's, it's one and one A. You can't get it wrong. After that, you can go Walter Payton. I always like the guys that catch the balls out of the backfield. So, and I'm way. I love Marshall Falk. You know, LT Jerome Bettis has got to be in there. AP. Say what you want. Derrick Henry has to be in there. But if you don't have Jim Brown on a list, you're stupid. Like, it's not – maybe it's not stupidity. It's just ignorance. That That's all that that is. It's ignorance. Um, Jordan Hicks. Cardinals, let's call him a closer. What do you know about Jordan Hicks, Dan? Not much. Do you know he has a cannon for an arm? I found that out. So he had a save, and I believe it was the second or third in a row, against the New York Mets, which it was the Cardinals and the Mets with Lindor hitting those home runs, whatever. He faced Starling Marte, Brandon Nimmo, and Daniel Vogelbach. His pitch velocities on his fastball, 102.2, 103.0, 100 103.8, 103, 103.8 miles an hour, 101.6. He threw a... Sorry, those are all sinker balls and fastballs. So a sinker, 103.7. A sinker at 103.7 miles an hour, Daniel. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's ridiculous. He threw another pitch at the same speed to Vogelbach, who fouled it off. By the way, Nimmo could not catch up to it. He swung and missed. The other, the 103.8 was, uh, Nimmo got on, I believe. Um, the ball was in play, so he grounded out. I think it's what it was. He made contact, or it was a flyout. I'm sorry, 103.8, and he got the bat head around it and put it in fair territory. Is that where you're just swinging and you're just you're hoping your bat's in the right position and you're just trying to time it right? Probably. 
there's no way anybody could ever react that fast. Uh, Vogelbach actually fouled off balls of a, two fouls of 103.5 and one at 103.7 before being called out at 101.2. That can't be sustainable over the course of your career, right? No, I wouldn't think so. Okay. And then finally, we're going to get to this last one right here. Um, no, we're not, because that is a very off-color joke that we are going to uh, – last one, Dan, and it's football. 2016 New England Patriots, their quarterback room. I believe that's Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy G, and Tom Brady. Yep. Three starting quarterbacks. They had more starting quarterbacks at three than they had interceptions thrown the entire season with two. That's ridiculous. That's impressive. That's ridiculous. That's just that's that's all that that is. It's ridiculous. You got any saved rounds, buddy? What else do we got? I don't have any saved rounds. Uh, Maybe be looking for a football show within the next week or two. Uh, No, we're not. We're going to take a We're going to try to not talk about football again next next week, because now that basketball is done. Now that hockey is done, although July 1st, it's coming. So we may get a little free agent buzz around hockey, but we're going to go a deep, deep, deep dive into baseball. We're going to talk about how the first half is shaking out since we will be hitting the halfway point of baseball season. We're going to break it down how we were wrong and very wrong about a lot of the standings. We're going to talk about some players you have to watch, why I begrudgingly love the Orioles, why my son loves the Orioles, and we'll go from there. You also need to check out our Facebook page, the Sports Dispatch. You can find us on Facebook. I started to put some more content up there. Dan eventually is going to stop lying to me and actually contribute to that page. Because right now it's all me. I'm the one that's performing and producing excellent content that you find on over 500 individual images of sports knowledge coming your way. You're going to get all of that and so much more, which, by the way, post went up today talking about one of the greatest games in football history. Check it out. Not going to spoil it for you. You can find that on our Facebook page. You can also find the home of this podcast and our wrestling podcast, the Caps Locks and Chair Shots podcast, where we are going to talk about next week, Money in the Bank. We're going to give you our official Money in the Bank predictions. We're going to talk about what happened at Forbidden Door. We may we're going to talk a little bit more than what we normally do about AEW. But we're going to bring you a lot of stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for all that. Dan. Dan's about to be jobless, so Dan's going to have a lot more time to work his way into some stuff. So look for some more subpar content from him. You'll get excellent content from me. Stay tuned for all of that. Dan, you got anything else? One last chance. Uh, Yeah, you can check out um, my YouTube channel. Danny Bananas on YouTube. I'm going to start posting shorts of me bowling. <sighs> yeah, bowling is his next thing. After I kicked his ass in pool, he quit out of embarrassment. Yeah, throwing that out there. I didn't let him win, promise. No, I actually beat him, and I don't play pool. I can't see half the time. I didn't even have my glasses on. Wasn't drunk, but I couldn't see. Anyway, that's going to be all for us here on the Players Have Named Later podcast. Dan, as always, terrible job. I will look for a replacement. But ladies and gentlemen, 
Thank you all for listening. And just remember, if your team's not doing so hot, it can always be the players you named later who can make it better. See ya!